You are listening to the Science of Nutrition. When you start down the road where belief and magic replace evidence and science, you end up in a place you don't want to be. What's happening is that there's a globalization of illness occurring. The people are starting to eat like us and live like us and die like us. Your child will live a life 10 years younger than you because of the landscape of food that we've built around them. We live in a world shaped by food. And then if we realize that, we can use food as a really powerful tool to shape the world differently. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the sophomore effort of my little podcasting experiment known as the science of nutrition. Today on the podcast, I speak with an old friend and co-worker of mine named Sridhar. We worked in the Colorado State Bioactive Compounds for Nutrition Lab. And, interestingly enough, we studied bioactive compounds. And I think at this point, Sridhar is about a year away, maybe less than a year away from getting his PhD. And I spoke with him at a coffee house. It's the the Wild Boar Coffee House in Fort Collins, one of my favorite spots up there. And we were in kind of the the basement area and uh, we're pretty much alone down there for the first half of the conversation and then I was I was meeting some friends later um, and they started trickling in during the latter half of our conversation so those are my friends in the background if you're curious and I also wanted to point out that our logo the science of nutrition logo was created by orange morning concepts if you like what they did then you can visit them. I say them, but it's really it's really just one guy. <laughs> you can visit him, I guess I should say, at orangemorningconcepts.com and check them out. But without further ado, here's my conversation with Sridhar. Ask me who I'm, I am. <laughs> Ask me who am I? <laughs> All right, so I'm speaking with a friend and um, lab member, co-worker of mine, Sridhar Radhakrishnan. I hope I said that correctly. That's perfect. <laughs> so, Sridhar, will you give uh, will you give everyone a little background on yourself? Yeah, my name is uh, Sridhar Radhakrishnan. In short, you can call me Shri. Um, I I work with Seth in the Bioactive and Probiotics Lab at Food Science and Human Nutrition Department at CSU. Um, I'm doing my PhD currently. I originally hail from India, from Mumbai, uh, where I did my undergraduation in pharmaceuticals and fine chemicals, where I was mainly involved with drug manufacturing. Yeah, nice. so I used to make medicines, uh, essentially. So it was hardcore chemistry, which I really liked, but I wanted to learn more about application of that. How does, how do these drugs help in how do they work essentially? So I came to do my master's at Texas A&M in College Station in biotechnology. Uh, I don't know, I studied there for a year and I didn't like what I was doing. So I just transferred to CSU and here I'm doing my PhD under 
working on similar to drugs but bioactive compounds which have the benefits of drugs but also do not have the side effects that the drugs cause so yeah i'm trying to elucidate how these bioactive compounds do all the magic like prevent all diseases <laughs> with not that magical are they yeah they they do actually they have found a lot of research showing the, how different foods can the different bioactive compounds in foods can help you one of the examples i would give you is the high incidence of colon cancer especially in uh, developed countries but not so much in developing nations and almost unheard of in african nations really uh, yeah colon cancers it's mainly related to pros- uh, what do you call more processing of foods that destroy <laughs> these bioactive contents and more is the developed nation there is higher chances of pro- food being processed a lot before it comes to you especially with what i work which is potatoes even i didn't know that but when i came here uh, i went to the actually the farmers and see how the how it gets marketed i've seen that almost it takes 3 to 9 months before a potato reaches to you for consumptions take now is that now is that like a potato in its whole form or are you talking about like no, potato in, chips not not both uh, i would say potato in its whole form Uh, chips you don't know how long it takes oh, yeah. before it, it reaches you it could be forever it could yeah. be a decade <laughs> yeah <laughs> not a decade that's too long <laughs> but uh the potato itself in its whole form can take up to 3 months so just you just imagine if you have a fresh potato or some fr- potato is an example a fresh food which is just taken out of the ground and a thing which is stored or processed for th- about 3 to 6 months just weigh the nutritional quality between them you can see the difference why processing might alter the bioactive content so what do you mean by nutritional the nutritional, nutritional content is that are you talking about like vitamins and minerals or are you talking about the bioactive compounds or are you talking about something else so basically food has been when we call plants plant foods they have macronutrients which are carbohydrates proteins fats micronutrients which are vitamins and minerals and these bioactive compounds are called as secondary metabolites which are produced in small quantities very small quantities in these plants but they have lot of benefit to us they not only benefit us the plants produce mainly these things for their protection they have specific uses for these things in plants for example now anthocyanins is one of the famous bioactive compounds class of compounds they have bright colors now some plants mainly produce this to attract insects towards them the plants actually produce these for their benefit but they have a lot of benefit for us as well i was talking to um when i was first given this carotenoid project in our mm. lab i was talking to uh some people that uh, I used to work with in the in my plant genetics lab mm-hmm. I was asking like what what use are pigments right what use are anthocyanins or carotenoids or something mm. Jack Mullen who's who's um, a research person in our lab he said that they're they're produced they the some plants produce them like on the underside of leaves mm. and then like the sunlight will hit the leaf and then obviously there's a lot of things to go on with sunlight and metabolism and things like that and in the chloroplasts and such 
but then the function of like the anthocyanins or carotenoids were to kind of bounce the light back up so it kind of has like an extra pass of light i don't know anything okay. about that but uh, <laughs> we'll assume it's true yeah we if your professor said they know a lot about yeah. how or what what i read anthocyanins and carotenoids with respect to their function in the human body and mainly they are beneficial to us as mainly what you call antioxidant action so they are antioxidants most of them yeah okay. the the main advantage of these anthocyanins and carotenoids or vitamin c or something like that especially with vitamin c it has been shown that at a, after a particular dose vitamin c acts as a prooxidant rather than being an antioxidant really yeah so not too many prooxidant actions have been reported for some of the anthocyanins however off late some of them are saying anything in excess is bad so even some of the harmful actions of these beneficial compounds also have been reported however they are not that much as vitamin c and e and other right. micronutrients so so you said that vitamin c but are we talking about like okay so i take every morning i take these emergency packets right and it's like a thousand milligrams i think is what it is mm. which is quite a bit more than the rda mm. so do you think it would be in that range they would turn to a pro the pro-oxidative pro effects or would it have to be like 12 packets of those so the pro-oxidative effects that i have been saying are with respect to some diseases that i have that people have studied now for example uh, cancer and inflammation they are very pro-oxidative diseases treating them with an antioxidant would be the first option that people have thought about in the past so in such cases when they try it out using antioxidants like vitamin c not not every for not every study it has worked in such cases it has been shown to elevate the prooxidative status rather than alleviate it okay i can't comment on you eating daily <laughs> i would suggest us to stop that and just eat a carrot or eat a green apple just or something like, like that <laughs> just a regular old multivitamin uh, yeah I, i don't not like uh, mega doses of vitamin c yeah not i don't agree that um i also keep track of some news reports which gives you the interesting news from research and i've seen that taking this vitamin tablets daily is not that good however i generally do pop in a vitamin c multivitamin tablet when i have flu but yeah. there is vitamin loss so yeah during that time i feel that to be okay otherwise i would prefer getting vitamin c from a food yeah i mean i've heard that like taking a multivitamin at, at least in developed nations like you get pretty much all your vitamins in your meals yeah. but and it's probably really not necessary but i take it anyways just cuz i don't know just cuz i'm that guy yeah so in, yeah talking about vitamin c one interesting fact that our lab keeps promoting is it's not it's interesting but it's not a thing to be proud of what my professor says is Uh, currently the largest source of vitamin c for people in the united states is comes from french fries what you know do Are you know you about this? i didn't yeah. know about this so you know and i'm in your lab <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> so 
you know potatoes have vitamin c did you know that they i did not know that they have a rich potatoes are really good for you they're rich i thought it was just like citrus they, fruits that uh, had citrus fruits have a lot of vitamin c ascorbic acid yeah. but even potatoes has about a good quantity of vitamin c in them and the advantage with potatoes is since with respect to french fries especially since you put it in such boiling oil certain coating forms on top of the potato mm-hmm. which protects the vitamin c inside because of which you do get vitamin c out of potatoes <laughs> and since the consumption of french fries is so so huge because yeah. of mcdonalds and say burger king and some other places you can actually say that it's like mm. actually my professor actually report says that it's not a fact to be proud of but yeah, would, yeah. it is like it has become like that that your the richest source is french fries well so walk me through a little bit about why antioxidants are beneficial to us i would talk with respect to cancer okay a disease that how does I'm, how does I'm how, familiar what, what, with do, what do what do antioxidants what what effect do they have on cancer yeah. or cancer so one, development hmm, one one thing is as you know cancer the cell divides at a very rapid way cell divides rapidly and for cell to divide rapidly what happens is the mitochondria has to be what do you call functioning fast enough to generate enough nutrients enough energy for the cell to divide and in mitochondria there's a thing called electron transport chain which actually tries to use electrons to generate atp which is the energy form for the cell yeah the basic energy current the currency basic, yeah currency of the cell but it is not a perfect system there is always leakage of electrons so the more rapidly that the cell divides there is going to be some kind of electron leakage and essentially there is going to be a lot of radical formation radicals are i hope i'm not getting too technical no I'll explain <laughs> explain to our listeners okay. what uh, so radicals would what be what radicals are so radicals are basically if i call an atom oxygen o the molecule is called o2 a radical would be for example would be o and an extra electron in the o so basically it has high energy oxygen atom uh, the main problem with these uh, radicals is they can damage dna of the cell cause what do you call mutations in the cell causing the cell to divide higher and uh, essentially you have the cancer condition would uh, worsen rapidly antioxidants mainly can quench these radicals because what antioxidants do is they take the extra electron and get um, themselves get oxidized while reducing these uh, radicals to atoms thereby protecting further damage no this is one way there are plenty other ways where the antioxidants can play a role um i am 
I know briefly what they do, different roles, but I don't think I'm qualified to talk in detail as to how in different ways they do it. Right on. So what, um, in your experience, what bioactive compounds um, have you researched, have you studied, have you experimented with? So, so I have worked with um, three different bioactive compounds. One is resveratrol, uh, which I guess pretty much everyone knows about it. Uh, I don't know if everyone knows about it. I don't know. It's, Explain it's, what resveratrol it's, it's is so for those much, who don't. Um, it's so much in the news lately because, uh, I don't know, I have read papers. I think resveratrol is one compound that... That can like that has been shown to cure or reduce uh, the pro almost any kind of disease that is present. You name it, it will be there. You really? can you can say cancer. It's like a magic elixir compound. Yeah, so you can say cancer was one thing which is which was found, but before that, it's an antioxidant. It's it has it has also been shown to reduce Alzheimer's disease. I've heard that it can extend life. Like it can extend lifespan. life. Yeah, it's, it's called. Um, they're called as sirtuins. Uh, called what? They're called sirtuins. That class of compounds. Okay. Yeah, uh, a company also has been formed which specifically manufactures this resveratrol to increase what they call. They have done a lot of research showing that it might be able to increase lifespan. The second class of compound I work with are grapeseed extract, which are extracts from the seeds of the grapes. Also explanatory Yeah. It's <laughs> it is exactly what it sounds, right? Yeah. So you have a lot of different things in them, but it's not like an individual compound. It has a lot of different, different compounds called um, proanthocyanidins is the name of the class of compounds. And the third class of compounds I work on is anthocyanins from potatoes. So what do those, what kind of, what kind of benefits do each of those compounds have for colon cancer, I guess, would be your specialty? Yeah. So um, with resveratrol, what we have shown is not only us, but a lot of people have shown that it can suppress metastasis, it can reduce the development of colon cancer, it can reduce colonic inflammation, which is the bedrock or the beginning of colon cancer. So that compound has been researched in a lot of studies to do various stages of colon cancer. Uh, with grapeseed extract, what my research has done is what I have shown in my paper is it works in concert with resveratrol together to reduce dose of each other but giving the same synergistic effect. Break that down a little bit. All right. So, okay. So you have, you have a paper coming out, right? Yeah. In the Journal of Experimental Biology? Is no, it's, it's called Frontiers in Biosciences. Oh, Frontiers in Biosciences. It's going to come on June 1st. I'm really looking forward for it. <laughs> So what, what, what I have done is we have shown that um, resveratrol and grapeseed extract, uh, these have been shown, we have shown only in cell culture, so which is like routine uh, screening of compounds uh, before we do animal experiments. So we have just done a screening of these compounds and we have shown that these two compounds work together in low concentrations. So basically 
you just need to pop in a small pill not you don't have to take like loads of these compound to get the effect so so they work together reducing the concentration of each other but delivering the same beneficial effect as each of them do at very high concentrations so in okay. essence reducing the dose you have just just a little bit of grapeseed extract just a little bit of resveratrol you put them together and it will essentially do the same thing as massive amounts of resveratrol or, or massive amounts of grapeseed extract that's what by we are shows. so it's basically it's screening on cell culture you ha- i have to show that in animal studies before i could claim that okay this works so right now it's the initial step you have to show it in animal studies that it can work the same way because many things can show effect in cell culture but when it comes to animals they fail badly even some studies which work in animals but when it comes to humans it can fail badly there as well. so there are a lot yeah, of things harder. before there's a lot of things before i can say that okay this would be so i don't recommend you to it's better to have the entire grape rather than just have the grape seed extract and resveratrol buying it and having it yeah okay because so because the combination is better yeah all right so i've seen i think if my memory serves i've seen bottles of grape seed extract in grocery stores so it's it's avail- it's available to the public right yeah even resveratrol is is resveratrol is too because yeah. i haven't seen it you can get it you can go down to like king supers or albertsons or something and pick up some resveratrol is it in like pill form i have seen it in sunflower market about a year back oh, okay well i don't go to sunflower market yeah so so yeah as i said uh, why should you go over looking for it have the grape <laughs> so <laughs> that's better <laughs> for our listeners just eat the grapes but you got to have the grapes with the seeds and you got to eat the seeds right yeah so grapes the whole grape but won't the seed just like pass right through you essentially pardon like okay so so if you if you eat grapes if you get if you get um a bag of grapes um does it does it matter if it's white grapes or okay. red grapes so that's, or that's a good question so resveratrol is mainly present only in the skin of red grapes okay and then so okay so i go i go to the grocery store i get a pack of red grapes because i want to stave off colon cancer and i want to live forever right based on screening <laughs> studies yes okay okay so uh i get some grapes which have seeds right they got to have seeds if you need the benefits of the grapes you grape extract, extract. Yeah. but let's say okay so i eat like half the bag of the grapes do i like digest the seeds and and absorb the seeds won't won't the seeds just pass right through me and then i'll crap them out can you can your enzymes like break open the seed and get the extract from the seeds no i guess um or would you have to like manually break open the seeds for that to not work? really i think the grape seed extract what i have what i have seen from the company is they extracted the seed extract using water just water just water to ex- yeah that's how they do it i'm hypothesizing do they, they soak the seeds in water and yeah. then it's like it's water soluble and yeah, it just seeps it just, into the water just comes seeps into the water oh well, i'll be damned no based on that uh, so you should be able to some should be able to seep into 
So most of these compounds have very low bioavailability. What bioavailability means is you absorb a very less amount of these things. Uh, essentially in your blood, blood levels of these compounds are too low. So what a lot of us are thinking is, since it is, a lot of it is not absorbed, a lot of us it is excreted. So if it is excreted, a lot of it should come to the colon. A couple of weeks ago, I was, you were like messing around with the PowerPoint that I guess was for your, the class that you TA. And you mentioned something to me about certain foods promote the growth of certain types of bacteria in your gut, and that can have an effect on your health, I guess, your overall health, or take me through that. So, so certain shitty foods, like, what is it, like high starch or something, or, yeah. or high fat can, so can promote? So the thing is, okay. uh, I know what you're talking about. Because I, I forgot what it was. Hmm, so I don't, so this is a very uh, new topic, just developed over the last five years. Um, I would like to do future research in this area. Currently, I just know the overview of it, not, I don't know it in very detail because you might know Lavanya works on this a lot. So okay. she, she is the right Maybe person. Maybe I'll talk to her. Yeah, on these. But in short, what I would say is there are two types of bacteria. I wouldn't say there are, there are a million kinds of bacteria in your body. Well, if, if you've taken a microbiology class, bacteria are grouped for microbiologists and, and essentially two subclasses, the gram-positive and the gram-negative, which has to do with the types of their cell wall. I, I, I know what, what, what foods promote the growth of what bacteria and what, why does it matter? So in your gut, which is small intestine, large intestine and uh, the cecum, the two anatomical parts of your body. I would classify the bacteria into two classes. One is good bacteria, one is bad bacteria. Yeah. Just go to your basic. The bad guys. Which are, is an oversimplification. Yeah. But yeah, the bad for, guys. For the purposes of explanation. Yeah. We'll say good so, bacteria, bad bacteria. Yeah. So the bad bacteria are the gram-negative ones. The good bacteria are the probiotic bacteria, which come from lactobacillus, which comes from your yogurt. Bifidobacteria also present in different kinds of yogurt. Essentially, bad foods promote the bad bacteria. Good foods promote the good bacteria. When I mean by bad foods is a high-fat diet has been shown to alter your the balance between the good bacteria and the bad bacteria in your body. So high-fat foods can increase the bad bacteria, causing chances for higher infections in your gut. And since the gut is the major place where you absorb nutrients in your body, any alteration in this can lead to problems in various diseases. Like various diseases have been shown to be caused by difference in this bacterial signature. Can you name a couple diseases? I would consider one of the what I study is inflammation okay uh, colonic inflammation like ulcerative colitis and inflammatory bowel diseases have been shown to resolve or worsen by the different kinds by the ra ratio of the bacteria okay what others have done is work with cancer and more than cancer what they have shown 
Off late, a lot of studies have shown gut bacteria to be directly responsible for obesity. Really? Directly responsible? Yeah. Because since I said that your colon uh, and your small intestine are responsible for absorbing nutrients, change in this gut bacteria has shown to increase the energy withdrawal from the food. How much you absorb from the food can be influenced by this bacteria. To explain this, I'll tell you about an interesting experiment what they have done. Okay. So what they did is they have fat mice, very fat mice, and they have lean mice. Uh, so then what they do is they take germ-free Would these be the ob-ob mice? Is that what you're talking about or are you talking about something different? Anything. I would say ob-ob or high-fat fed mice. Okay. okay. Just like regular normal rats fed high fat diets. Yeah. Okay. So you have very very fat mice and you have lean mice. So both of their signatures, the genetic composition of their bacteria is very different. They have okay. shown that. Okay. Then what they did was they took germ-free lean mice. What germ-free lean mice is they have no bacteria in their gut. Not at all. So they have they have bred they have been bred like that. Like they have been bred sterile. Wow. Then what these guys Science do Science nowadays. Yeah. <laughs> so what they do is they take the bacteria from the fat guy and put it in the put it in the sterile. Sterile mass. guy. Okay. So the sterile guy is now colonized with bacteria from the high fat guy. So irrespective of what food it eats, that guy gets fat. Really? Yeah. Wow. I can actually give you the study. It's pretty interesting to read. That's pretty incredible. Yeah, so... However, there have been a lot of contrasting studies. Some people have also reported that uh, this is bullshit. There's nothing, no difference. No, really? <laughs> so, but one, one group of researchers, I don't remember from which university, have shown by an elegant experiment. I really loved reading that paper, so... Really? Send it to me. Uh, email it to me. I'll look it over. That sounds interesting. Any other question? Uh, I'm trying to think. Is there anything you want to say? And in closing, anything you want to get out to the public? Yeah. One major thing I want to get out is have a lot of bioactive compounds. Have whole foods. Try to eat as much as ho as much whole foods as possible. It's good for you. And by whole foods, you mean things like the whole eat an eat an uh, eat an apple instead of apple juice it's good for you eat wild rice instead of something else <laughs> I, I would say yeah <laughs> that's actually eat whole grapes instead of wine or whole grapes instead of grape juice grape juice would be a better example wine has been shown to be really good for you <laughs> so i cannot comment on wine all right just I, I hate wine, so <laughs> <laughs> I would suggest, okay, if you don't want to drink it, don't drink it. All right. Whole potato instead of french fries? Yes. It's an additional advantage. You don't get the oil. Yeah, you don't get the fat and the salt and yeah. all that kind of jazz. So Unless you want to put it on there. <laughs> yeah. Right. So with respect Eat to the, the whole cow instead of yeah. just... <laughs> so with respect to potato... Potatoes are good for you. So I have been, I have seen lots, lot of negative press about potatoes. They've been shown to be, what do you call? <laughs> potatoes get a bad rap. Yeah, <laughs> they have a bad rap. I seriously don't know why, but 
they are one of the most nutritionally dense vegetables around really a lot of nutrients vitamin c and when it comes to colored potatoes which i work on there are a lot of anthocyanins as well the problem is people eat it with red meat put a lot of butter and uh, butter look, sour cream yeah and blame it on the poor potato chili yeah <laughs> <laughs> so but what 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 harm did the potato do for you <laughs> you eat, when you eat it with all butter and sour cream and red meat and things like that you know what i've done um i want this i want this to go out to all my listeners one time i was at the ada conference 2 years ago the american dietetic association conference and they had there was some potato company there it was uh that had a booth and they um they they had a bunch of baked potatoes they were giving them out to everyone and they they gave me a potato and and they said hey use this greek yogurt as a substitute for sour cream and it cuts out a lot of the fat it cuts out a lot of maybe some cholesterol or some other but it was and a, it a gives lot lower you calories probiotics. yeah and it gives you probiotics <laughs> and they they put this greek yogurt on on the baked potato instead of the sour cream and honestly i couldn't even tell the difference it tasted great i mean it was just fantastic and it was the calories were so much less so uh i encourage everyone to at least try it try baked potatoes not chipped ones yes exactly because <laughs> they have a lot of uh as i'm fi- as i'm finding out recently they have a lot of uh, acrylamide which is uh not really good for you <laughs> well sridhar sridhar radhakrishnan i love saying that name thanks for speaking with us today i really appreciate it thank you